we can we uh, I guess we're all sitting in the main block okay, except for the money counters at the back. Okay. All right. Are we ready? Clearly not. <laughs> Thanks for giving me the high SES water ushers. Okay. Shall we settle down? How many of you have not started school yet? Honing, why are you lying in the house of God? I have no idea. <laughs> You're dreaming. <laughs> All right. So this is uh, first service of the year, first sermon of the year, and uh, I've called it Vision Saturday. Because uh, today I want to share with you the vision. Thank you. The vision for the year. Hey, I'm very sorry, Reti. Can I have the clicker? Okay, so I, I, I want to share with you um, just a vision for Loud Gen okay, today. So it's not really going to be like Bible teaching or, or, or something like that. We, I'm just going to share with you what some of the things that we want to do, what we want to focus on, and what we want to see this year in, in Loud Gen. It's more like, um, like, like, like family matters. Is that okay? It's a rhetorical question, okay. So, the vision for this year, uh, surprise, I put it on the screen, okay. To know him and to make him known. Um, I'm going to share some, some stuff with you today about what that means and, and, and this is what I want us to focus on for, for this year. And I hope you will think about this through the year, you know, that, that this will really be the goal for all of us this year, okay. So, let's pray. Before we start, let's quieten our hearts um, and get ready to hear from the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I ask that today, Holy Spirit, you will come and speak to us individually. And God, as we start the year, we want to look to you. And so, Holy Spirit, would you come and convict us of how we should live our lives, how we can live our lives for your glory. We ask that you come in and reign in this place today. And speak to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. How many of you here make New Year resolutions? What, seriously? None of you? Okay, okay, yeah. What, two of you? What? I, well, dude, I always make New Year resolutions. Okay, I, I love New Year resolutions. I think this year I have like, like six resolutions something. And, you know, I, I know that there is a high chance that I won't, uh, succeed 100% that I won't fulfill everything um, or maybe maybe I, I might even just completely fail for example every year I resolve to exercise more <laughs> uh, yeah but but I firmly believe we should at least try you know we should at least make a start like you know who knows maybe next week I'll go to the gym and then I would have exercised like 100% more times than last year so, <laughs> I, we should at least try, okay? Um, or for example, you know, uh, I, I think a good resolution to make is, is to read the Bible more, right? Um, how many of you, ha have you ever tried to read the Bible in one year? Have you ever tried? And, 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 and you know, maybe if you, even if you don't finish it, right? Even if you are so slow that you take the entire year to just read the book of Genesis or something, right? At least you read the book of Genesis, Right, so it's it, it's better than nothing. So I I, I really believe uh, I, I I really believe in New Year resolutions, um, 
And, and I don't know if you, if you have any or if you will make any. Um, or, or just maybe there's, there's something that you are uh, hoping for or expecting to see this year, right? But I, I believe that for all of us, at the very least, we would hope to have a fruitful year, right? No one sets out to like waste the year away. No one, no one goes like, I really hope this year will be a complete waste of time. Like, like nobody says that, right? And so today, um, I want to start by looking at a passage on fruitfulness, okay? A passage about bearing fruit. Okay, can you guess what passage that is? Very good, John 15. Okay, so let's turn, um, let's turn to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, and we're going to read verses 1 to 17. My, my throat is a little bit painful. Can I have a volunteer to read the 17 verses of John 15? Thank you. Don't all volunteer at once. Please, maintain. What? Come on, don't, don't, don't rush at the opportunity to, you know, read the Bible. <laughs> no one? Okay, thank you, Rachel. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. Oh, come on. Ah, so many. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remained in his love. I have told you this so that, you, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called, your, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command. Love each other. Alright, thanks Richard. Now, um, I'm not gonna like explain the whole passage and, and preach on it because 
you remember, we did the IM series last year. Um, but I, I just want to use this as an anchor for us to, to think about some things um, today, okay? So you can just leave your Bible open there. Um, and, and I want to start by talking, by talking about how to be fruitful, okay? How to bear fruit. And if we look at this passage, um, there, there are a few things, okay? So fruitfulness comes, firstly, uh, from pruning, right? Verse 2 says, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will, it will be even more fruitful. And, you know, before we get into the main part of the passage, which is very obviously about remaining and abiding, right? I, I want to say something about pruning, okay? I believe a few camps ago, um, the speaker talked about this, if, if you remember. Um, pruning is something that gardeners do when they tend to plant, okay? Uh, it's basically cutting off certain parts in a plant, uh, like, you know, the parts that are, are dead or, or overgrown and whatever. And it is always to encourage growth, okay? Pruning is always to encourage growth. And so the, this cutting and, and all that, you know, in this context, the Bible is saying that, that it may be painful. We may experience um, times of pruning that may be painful. It may be tough times, maybe certain things or certain comforts taken, taken away from us. And Jesus says, you know, Jesus says, these are for people who are already bearing fruit. This is not like a punishment or because you, are, you suck as a Christian or something. You know, it's, it's not, not all suffering is punishment, right? Sometimes it's to help you grow, right? It's to encourage growth and encourage fruitfulness. And for some of you here, maybe 2019, you, you already know or you sense um, that it's going to be a difficult year or you will realize that it's going to be a difficult year. Maybe it's your A-level year or you're, you're entering a new school or a new phase or, or something. And, and, you know, there may be tough times. Um, there may be pruning that you will experience. And I want us to remember as we go through the year that pruning is to encourage fruitfulness. Okay? Pruning is to encourage fruitfulness so that you will be even more fruitful. Okay? So I, I hope this is something you, you can hold on to um, as you go through the year. But the main, the main point I want to talk about um, is really this idea of abiding or remaining, okay? And we always make you memorize John 15, 5, right? I am divine, you're divine, okay? And, and, if, and let's, let's look at, again, um, verses 4 and 5, okay? Jesus says, remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. It's pretty obvious, right, what the point is here. Okay, Jesus is saying, remain. And as we begin a new year, um, I really want to encourage all of us to make it our priority to remain in Christ, to abide in Him, to stay connected to the vine, to Christ, right? To live in union, right? Abiding is like to stay, right? To stay close to Him. You know, I've been a, a Christian for like more than 30 years and, and I have found that the secret to remaining committed to God, you know, the secret to navigating through life with all its ups and downs, the secret to finding joy, true joy, satisfaction, um, you know, the, the secret even to, to doing ministry, serving in church even when it's tough, is simply to remain connected to the vine, which is Jesus, right? Remain connected to Him. You see, your faith, your faith cannot just be built on loud gen. You know, your faith cannot just be built on your friends. And your faith cannot be built on a great camp 
or a great conference or you know some really cool event or, or a nice speaker that you heard heard from although all those things are, are great as well but your faith has to first and foremost and primarily be built on your relationship with Christ right on your on your union with Christ your relationship with Jesus you know we like to sing these songs right like when the music fades and all is stripped away and and I really want us to think you know is that true when all is stripped away when all is stripped away will we will we remain and and I want to urge you that you have to be constantly found in that secret place you know that place where it's just you and God and nothing else and you say in that place with nothing else all that I've ever wanted my heart has found in you all my fountains are in you and we sing that all the time right we must be able to reach that place where we say Jesus you alone you're all I need all I desire just now we sang right Christ is enough Christ is enough for, for, for me. Everything I want, everything I desire, everything I need is in Him. Right? Just now we sang that, that um, classic baptism song. Um, and and, and in, in that new song, you know, the, the, the verse goes, Though none go with me, I still will follow. No turning back. Though none go with me. And, and I know all of us, you know, we, we love our loud gen family and, and, and that's great. But I, I also want you to constantly ask yourself this. You know, if one day none of my friends follow Jesus, if for some reason one day all my friends and my family for some reason forsake Jesus, will I still follow him? Will I still be a disciple? You know, many of the friends that I grew up with when I was a youth, um, many of my friends from youth ministry, they're no longer walking with Jesus today. Um, so, and, and some of these people, they were the really enthusiastic ones, you know, in the ministry. Um, some of them were even leaders, but they didn't remain. And, it's a, and, and for me, it's, it's a very real thing, you know. Will I still follow? Don't none go with me. And, and I want to encourage you to think about this, that your faith has to be built on Christ alone. It cannot be built on, on your friends or, or the camp or the church or even, but Jesus Christ alone. And which is why I am trying to tell you for 2019, I want us to make it our great priority to know Him, to know Jesus more and more, to know Him for ourselves, to know Him personally. If you don't have that personal relationship with God, you will not remain in the faith because your friends and fun and youth camps and all that, it will fade away, it will fade away. And you can't say that you are a follower of Jesus if you only know His followers and not the Lord Himself. But if you remain in Christ and you have a deep, intimate, personal relationship with Him, then you will grow, you will bear fruit, and you will fight the good fight, and you will finish the race well. And, you know, Lao Jen, I really want you to finish the race. You know, I don't want you to drop out. I don't want you to just have a nice time in youth ministry and then, you know, you reach adulthood and, and, and you, just, you, you just spend the rest of your life away from Jesus because you, you, you kind of outgrew, outgrew church. I don't want that. And I know a lot of us are second generation Christians, right? You cannot have an inherited faith. You have to know Jesus for yourself. And so I'm saying for this year, let's make it our goal to really, really know the Lord. If you only come to church because your parents come to church, it's not going to last. It's not going to sustain. 
right? We have to really, really know him personally. And we know, you know, the, the, the goal is not primarily to do a lot of things for Jesus or to like accomplish a lot of like Christian-y, churchy stuff, right? That's not the goal. I mean, if you know him, you'll naturally do all that stuff. But it, it, that's not the goal, right? I want to encourage you to truly seek him for yourself. Seek the Lord for yourself this year. Be found in the secret place, you know, that place where it's just you and him alone. Let's make it our goal to really, really know him. You know, let's, 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 not, let's not make our relationship with, with God just about um, a religion. You know, let's not just be a Christian by religion. Let's not just attend church every week and think that that is the sum of our Christianity because it's not. But let's make it our goal to really know Jesus as our personal Lord, our Savior, and our King. You know, to know God as, as our good Father and our Shepherd and to truly know the, the, the love of God, you know, how deep His love is, how amazing His grace is upon our, our wretched lives, you know, to know this love that surpasses knowledge, to know Him more and more, to know Him deeply and personally, to know Him, may that be our goal this year. In Philippians, it's one of my favorite passages, um, Paul writes this. He says, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. And you know, that's, we, we sang that new song just now, right? Jesus, everything I count as loss. I count as loss compared to knowing you. And compared to the great privilege and joy of knowing Jesus, everything else is rubbish. You know, there, there is no greater thing. I, I want to share with you uh, something to, 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 to explain this, you know. If you ask me what the highlight of of 2018 was for me, uh, it's very easy. So last year, my husband and I, we celebrated our 10th anniversary. And we went on this uh, on a little trip to, yeah, feel free to cheer. <laughs> By going on, on a little trip, you know, to this place called Koh Samui. We went there for, for four days. And I know maybe now when I'm telling you this, it doesn't sound like much to you, but I'm telling you it was a huge deal for us because it was the first time in seven years that we traveled Without the kids. We, I mean, I shouldn't sound so excited. Uh, we went traveling without the kids, just the two of us. It was, it was great, okay? Um, and let me show you some pictures, okay? It was, it was really great, right? So, so we, arrived, we arrived at the resort, you know, and there was like a huge bunch of roses waiting for me. And, and you know, the resort was lovely. There was like a private pool outside our room. And, and, and you know they, pre you know they did all the usual stuff like You know the, the, the you know what, the towel fall into a swan on the bed, rose petals everywhere. Like they drew a bath and, and all that. You know all that jazz. And yeah, uh, it, it was a really great um, holiday. It was a really great time. And I take stupid pictures like this, not wearing army singlet, <laughs> right? And and you know on the night of our, our anniversary itself, um, he arranged this surprise dinner by the beach. Okay. Ah, uh, nice, right? Like, you know, there was like a tent set up on the sand. Uh, there's like all these torches around. And it was, it was, you know, it was very romantic. You can hear the waves lapping the shore. And then um, just before dinner, just before dinner started, he pulled out another surprise. It was a diamond ring. Right? And then and there was also a card that Jesslyn helped design, so it was really nice. <laughs> and, and, you know, he said all the mushy stuff, like, you know, the lovey-dovey stuff. And then, 
And then later on, there were like fireworks by the beach. And, and yeah, it was, it, was really, it was really awesome, okay? You just check it out on my Insta story highlights, okay? So, <laughs> uh, you know, and then the whole trip, right, we, we spent like quality time together, you know, we were like, Hanging out, we're doing fun stuff together. It's just really great. Now, if you know, if you know the five love languages, right? Like, what well, he fulfilled everything, right? It was like quality time, um, touch, gifts, diamond ring gifts, you know, words, the mushy stuff, you know, acts of service because he planned the entire trip on his own. I did absolutely nothing because I was planning the carnival, <laughs> okay? And like, hands down. Like, this is the highlight of the year, right? I felt really loved, like, very moved, very grateful. Um, it was beautiful. It was really great, really, really good. Um, really enjoyed it. And yet, I want to tell you that compared to the joy of knowing Jesus, you know, compared to the sweetness of intimacy with our Lord, and compared to being in the secret place with Jesus and knowing his love, you know, compared to being in relationship with my Lord and my King and my Savior who gave it all for me, right, compared to knowing Jesus, I can say that all this is rubbish. It's rubbish, you know, comparatively. That is the joy, that is the extent, the joy of knowing Jesus. That I consider, this is what Paul says, right? I consider it all a loss. I consider it rubbish, garbage compared to the surpassing, surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. That's, that is the extent of knowing Christ Jesus. And I can tell you, um, honestly, you know, that those times I spend alone um, in the prayer room or in my wardrobe at home, you know, those, those times alone with Jesus, when I'm talking to him and I'm pouring out my, my heart to him, you know, my disappointments, my anger, sadness, whatever, when I experience his love and his greatness, his power, his grace, his encouragement, you know, his affirmation, hearing him say that, that God, he is pleased with me despite like all my screw-ups and inadequacies, knowing that his mercies never end, they're new every morning despite my failures, you know, being reminded of his truths, you know, that he loves me, that I'm his precious child, being reminded of his power and his glory, that he's the creator of the universe, you know, above all other powers, authorities, that he's in control of everything, he's holy, 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 he's perfect, he's good, and, and all that, you know, those personal times with Jesus, consider everything else, everything else a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And I want to encourage you to experience this for yourself. Go seek it out for yourself. Spend that time with him. Maybe, maybe, you know, you think like, oh, camp was so great. Or like, you know, that, oh, FOPX is so great. You know, I want to tell you that beyond the lights and the fun and the hype and, and the feels and, and all that, beyond all that, just to know him, to really know him, it is surpassing greatness. And it's more than enough. Christ is enough. And everything else you will count as loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus our Lord. And so I strongly, strongly encourage you to make a commitment to seek that for yourself. Set aside time every day for Jesus. You have to be found in that secret place, you know, that place where it's only you and Him. That is the only way you will grow and you will bear fruit. When you remain in the vine and you remain in Christ, you know, when you abide and you stay there and you dwell there, 
like in Psalm 27, you know, this is the one thing I ask for, the one thing I seek that I may dwell, right? To dwell is to stay there for a long time. Dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, right? To abide and remain in the presence of the Lord, seeking Him and to gaze, to gaze. It's not to take a quick look. To gaze is to look fully for a long time upon His beauty, waiting upon the Lord. To be constantly in His presence, you know? Not, not just going to God and spending time with Him when, when, when we need help or, or whenever we can spare the time, you know, but a constant desire, just to be with Him. And I want to urge you to cultivate that closeness and intimacy with Him. No one can do it for you. You know, I can tell you all about it, but you have to experience it for yourself. And church and, and friends, they're all important, but they're not the same as your personal relationship with God. And do you even realize what a privilege it is that we have direct access to God? It's like we just say, God, and He hears us. You know, we, we, we can just talk to him, right? If you've read the OT, you will know that, that, you know, to enter the presence of God, they have to, like, clean themselves and don't do this, kill this bird or that and whatever. But now we just, God, and we're there. We're there in his presence. And so I want to urge you, go into his presence, dwell in his presence, gaze upon his beauty, seek him where he is. Because your faith cannot be built on how good the sermon is, how good the worship is, you know, how nice your church friends are, or, or like how busy you are in school. It cannot be dependent on that. And I know all, the thing, all those things matter. I know the reality is that those things matter. But they cannot be the basis and foundation of your faith. Because if they are, your faith will not last. It will not sustain. The basis of your faith has to be Christ alone. And if you remain in Him and He in you, the Bible says you will bear much fruit. You will see fruit in your life. Because apart from Him, you can do nothing. So I urge you this year to make it your commitment to really know Jesus, to spend that personal time with Him, knowing Him well. You know, you look at people like Isaac Ong or like maybe great Christians you admire. Do you think he got there just by hype? It was, it's hours and hours of spending time alone in the presence of God, dwell, dwelling there and being found in the secret place. And so I urge you, remain in Him continuously, you know, abide and stay with Him. I want you to think a little bit more about the idea of the vine and branches. You know, if you think about a vine, right, if you look at the branches, the branches are, are very thin and like weak-looking, pathetic things, you know. Can you see that? The only function of the branch is to take stuff from the vine and turn it into fruit, right? The vine branches in themselves, they are completely useless. You can't like chop it off and use it for firewood or even string or whatever. They're useless. There's no purpose for them unless they are connected to the vine. They are only useful when they are connected. And it's the same for us. The only way we can do useful and fruitful things in our lives is when we keep connected to Jesus, when we remain and abide in Him. So, so, so let's let's talk about uh, uh, let's talk in a little bit a little bit more practical terms. Okay, how how do we remain in Christ? You know, how do we go about knowing Him? You know, there's there's no shortcut, and there's no secret. Okay, you have to set aside time, you have to spend that time alone with Him. You know, it's 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 not about the place. Obviously, I, I like to go to 
um, the prayer room or I like to go to like a cafe or something. But maybe for you, it's like you like to go to the beach or nature or something. I don't know. That's not me. But, you know, or maybe even your only option is your room. Or for some of you, I mean, I've had friends, their only option was the toilet, you know, because they are, they are, their parents are not Christian and they, they, they can't be found like, like reading the Bible for, for a long time. Maybe that's the only option. It doesn't matter. The physical place doesn't matter, right? The time, the timing doesn't matter, okay? I mean, I feel, right? Many people recommend, um, you know, spending time with Jesus first thing in the morning because you start your day right with Jesus. And that makes sense. That sounds great, but I'm sorry, I cannot wake up at 5 a.m., okay? But so if you can, great, go for it, okay? But whatever time is best for you, you know, as long as you can focus on God, you're not like falling asleep or you're not distracted or whatever, right? The time, the place, it doesn't really matter. You just find what works for you. But may I suggest a practical tip that I believe will apply for everyone, okay? When you spend time with God, I suggest, right, leave your phone somewhere. Leave your phone somewhere, okay? Um, let's be real, okay? This thing, this is poison, okay? <laughs> this is, oh, it, like I have a love-hate relationship with this thing, right? It's a, it's a huge distraction, okay? Like I'm not even kidding. When I'm in church, I, I have to literally leave my phone in my office and I go up to the prayer room and, and that's my quality time with God, okay? Because I, I am very distracted as well. And which this is why we encourage all of you to use physical Bibles, right? Because when you're reading the Bible, you don't want to be distracted by a text message or whatever. So don't bring your phone into the secret place, okay, where it's supposed to be just you and God, right? Your social media friends do not need to see you spending time with God, okay? So just leave your phone alone, okay? Put it somewhere else. It's my practical tip for you. Now, what do you do in that personal time with God? I don't know if you, if you know the Sunday school song. It goes, read your Bible, pray every day if you want to grow. Read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, okay? Right? And, but you know, so, okay, no secret, okay? What do we do? You read your Bible and you pray every day. <laughs> that's, that's the secret, okay? But, you know, I want to encourage you, it's not just about um, fulfilling a religious ritual, right, or an obligation of reading the Bible and, and spending time in prayer, right? It's not just to tick, tick, or tick some plan and, you know, yeah, I finished it, right? You know, with any human relationship, the way you grow to know a person is by talking to that person and listening to that person and spending time with the person, right? No secret, no shortcut, okay? It's the same with God. You talk to Him through prayer and you hear from Him through His Word. This is the most common way He speaks to us, right? He talks to you through His Word. Look at John chapter 15, verse 7. He says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, prayer, and it will be done to you, right? Have his words remain in you. Talk to him in prayer. That's what it means to remain and to abide, right? Have his words abide in you, and then you can ask whatever you wish in prayer. So there's, there's, there's no secret, you know. There's no shortcut. You just have to set aside time to be found in a secret place with him, listening to him and talking to him, and you will see fruit. And I want to say a little bit more about um, the word. You know, we have to spend time reading the Bible so that his words uh, remain in you. You know, you want to grow in, you want to grow to know God, just read what he has to say, right? You can't tell me that, oh, God doesn't speak to me. Like, read the 66 books, then tell me that he doesn't speak to you, okay? He's given us so much, right? And I think the start of the year is a great time to make all those, like, scripture reading uh, resolutions, 
right? You know, like I said, I always believe in making those resolutions because if you just try and you make the effort, even if you don't reach your goal, you will end up reading something which is better than nothing, okay? So try, okay? Let me show you some stats, okay? So this is based on the, on the amount of time an average person takes to read the Bible. This is actually how much of a Bible you can read. Okay, let me explain it. So um, this infographic is saying basically, for example, if you just spend three minutes a day, three minutes, just spend three minutes a day reading the Bible, you can finish reading the entire New Testament in a year. Okay? If you just spend six minutes a day, surely we can spare six minutes for God a day. Okay? Six minutes a day reading a Bible, you can finish reading an entire Bible in two years. And that is very respectable. I mean, of course, if you are like a gangster, right? Or if you're like alagu, you know, every day you read 2.5 hours, you can finish the Bible in a month. Which he finished the Bible in less than that, I think. So, compare it to stats on like how much time, you know, the average young person spends using their phone or whatever. I read that it's four hours a day. Uh, the average young person spends four hours a day on their phone. Um, you know, iPhone now has that average screen time weekly report thing. Yeah, okay, I confess my average is, is way higher than four. <laughs> how, much, how much your average? Yeah, okay, yeah, embarrassed to say. Okay, okay, let's, uh, let's uh, confess in secret. Okay, surely if you can spend four hours or more <laughs> a day on your phone, you can spare a few minutes to read the Bible. Even if you are a super slow reader, right? And you say this, oh, this just this is not accurate. Even if you're a super slow reader, or you, or maybe from time to time, you know, you miss certain days. Let's say you read like half the New Testament this year. That's still something. The key thing is make a start, okay? Make a start and, and read the Bible. Now, obviously, the point is not just to read for the sake of reading or to read for the sake of bragging rights or just to read because you feel a sense of accomplishment or whatever, right? The point is not to cover content, like sometimes the way we read our textbooks, right? That's not the point. But my point in showing you all this is to tell you that if you make it a daily habit to read the Word of God, you know, uh, you just commit to spend time every day allowing His words to remain in you, I think you will be surprised by how much of the Bible you can actually finish reading in a month or in two months or in a year. So, read your Bible, pray every day if you want to grow. There's no secret. There's no shortcut, right? Remain in Jesus. Abide there. Dwell, dwell in Him. Spend time daily in that secret place where it's just you and Him. And I promise you, you will see growth and you will see fruit in your life if you do this. And so, Lao Jen, let's, let's make it our goal to really know Jesus personally and more deeply this year. You know, we sang it just now, right? He is the exceedingly great reward. He is the treasure. And I promise you that the joy of knowing Jesus is far greater than anything you will ever experience. And so let, let's make it our goal. Let's make it our focus and our desire to know Him more and more. Now, um, I, I, I was serious when I said that your faith cannot be based on your friends, right? Or in a camp or a great speaker and all that. At the same time, though, I also want to say that the Christian life or the, the Christian faith is meant to be a personal faith, but it's not meant to be a private faith, right? You're not meant to live the Christian life alone. 
And so if you look at the passage, I've always found it very interesting that, that you know, the, the, the vine passage, right? There's actually two parts. And if you read through it, you will see that what brings about fruitfulness is number one, we said pruning. Number two, we said remaining and abiding. But that's the number three, okay? John 15, Jesus talks about pruning. He talks about remaining. And then in verse 9 onwards, Jesus says, remain in my love. And then he starts to talk about love and about loving. And in verse 12, he says, this is my command, love each other as I have loved you. And he repeats it, right? Every time repetition, that's an emphasis, it's important. He repeats it, verse 17, this is my command, love each other. And so you see, it's not just about loving Christ. It's also about loving our fellow Christians. It's the two greatest commandments, right? Love God, love people. And so fruitfulness comes from pruning, from abiding, but also from loving each other. It's about our union with Christ as well as our unity with Christians. And you know, Lao Jen, loving each other has to always be the goal for us as a church community. You cannot run away from it. Love God, love people, two greatest commandments, right? And we always talk about you know, having a love culture in Lao Jen. And I really want this to be something that we actually practice and live out and not just talk about as if it's a joke. And you know, sometimes it's easy or easier during the camp or during holiday time because like we're all like, in the zone, you know, we're all like hanging out together and living together and all that. But as the year goes by, and as people get busy or, or stuff crops up, you know, let's not distance ourselves from community, okay? Let's continue to be intentional in our relationships. If you remember last year, I talked about Acts chapter 2, which talks about how the believers were devoted to fellowship. They were devoted to fellowship. And so let's be committed to one another in the ministry. You know, if you notice someone who hasn't been coming for a while, or if you notice someone who's, who's, who's like looking down or, or looking a bit off, like go and message them, go and talk to them or something, okay? Don't be indifferent and uncaring, all right? Don't, don't, don't just uh, be apathetic about it. You know, sometimes, I, sometimes it really gets me, you know, like I, 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 you know, I talk to people and I'm like, oh, you know so-and-so, and they're like, no, I don't know them. I'm like, what? person has been coming to church for like a few months. Yeah, yeah I've never talked to them. Like, then go and talk to that person, okay? Be intentional about pursuing relationships, okay? Uh, and, and be committed to each other in the ministry. And you know, as the year goes by, we will be bound to rub each other the wrong way at times, okay? People will always do or say something stupid or annoying or offensive, but let's be completely humble and gentle and patient and bearing with one another in love as we learned in Ephesians last year. If right now you are looking at a particular person, you should look at yourself, okay? And, and make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. We have to learn to love each other as Christ has loved us because the Bible says, by this, by loving each other, will people know that we are disciples of Christ when we love each other as Christ has loved us. That is how, that is part of our, you know, loving each other is part of our Christian testimony and witness as a community. 
And you know, we have seen this in our camps particularly, right? Very often people are drawn here because of community first. Even if they don't like immediately respond to the sermon or the preaching or whatever, very often they are attracted by the community. Because as we love each other, that is part of our Christian witness to the rest of the world. And here's also where I want to talk about the other part of the vision. So we want to know him, but we also want to make him known, right? You know, as, I, as we talk about fruitfulness, I believe bearing fruit is not just about us growing spiritually. Yes, you know, bearing fruit is about growing in the fruit of the Spirit, right? The love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. <laughs> but I think bearing fruit is also in terms of making disciples, because that is the great commission for all Christians. That is the great mission of the church. We cannot run away from it. Right? Just a month or two ago, we talked about being his witness. And so we need to know him and make him known. And when we know him, right, when we remain in Christ, when we pursue that personal intimacy with him, and, and when we love each other, you know, when we do all that, we should also naturally bear fruit in terms of making disciples. Because when we get to know God, right, when we know Him and we know His heart, then we will catch the things that are important to Him. And we will love people like He does. You know, we will catch that shepherd's heart of chasing down that one lost sheep, even if there are 99 in the pen, right? Our hearts will be broken for the things that break His heart. And we will catch the burden for souls. And so, Lao Jen, Evangelism cannot just be a December project. It has to be natural fruit that we bear in our lives and as a community, just like the Acts Church. Remember, we said, oh, they devoted themselves to word and fellowship and prayer, and the Lord added daily to their numbers, right? It should be a natural fruit of our community. And so the goal is to know Him and to make Him known, right? To fearlessly declare the gospel, as Ephesians 6 says. To preach Jesus with all boldness and, and without hindrance. To speak the word of God boldly. You know, all the camp tattoos. That we still have a lot of, by the way, if you like some more, please come and pray. <laughs> you know, we had, we, we, we had a great camp, right? And we thank God for that. And you know, in the lead up to camp, right, we were, we were fervently praying for our friends. We, we were fervently praying for people to encounter God. We prayed that the Word of God will, will convict hearts. We prayed that people will experience Christian community, that they will see the love of God. You know, we were praying um, regularly that God would, would uh, soften their hearts, open their eyes, um, so that, that, you know, people will come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior and, and, and all that. And, you know, during the camp, and I'm really proud of all of you, um, you know, you were hospitable to the visitors, right? For example, Stefan brought his friends, like, Tianhui spoke to them, Brian spoke to them, David spoke to them. They're all talking, talking about them to God, reaching, about, reaching out to them and all that, right? But, you know, in the past few weeks, I've been thinking, why can't we be in perpetual camp mode for the rest of the year? You know, in the sense that we should always be praying desperately for our friends to encounter God. We should always be trying to reach out to our friends, not just once a year, in camp season. We should always be hospitable and welcoming and look out for any newcomers in our midst, right? It doesn't matter whose friend it is if we're all family, right? If, if, if you know, it doesn't matter whose friend it is, anytime a visitor comes, 
right? It, it should be just the way we are as a community. And that is part of um, being a witness for Him. And you know, anytime a visitor walks in, right, the way we worship, you know, the way we value the Word, the way we relate to each other, the way we, we behave, the way we go out of our way to welcome them and accept them, that, that is our Christian witness. And it, the mode should be on all the time, not just during camp. And so for 2019, I want to encourage you, you know, let's not wait till the end of the year to think about reaching out to our friends. Let's be constantly looking for opportunities, you know, to talk to your friends about Jesus, invite them to church, you know, pray, pray for these opportunities. And next week, just now I told you, right, we're going to start our first sermon series of the year, um, Encounters with Jesus. And, and, you know, the series is basically going to be about who the person of Jesus is. Who is Jesus? And everyone needs to hear this, both Christians and non-Christians, right? Everyone needs a fresh revelation of who Jesus is. So invite your friends to church. The Bible is good news, the Bible is the gospel. And when we preach the Bible, the good news will go out and impact non-Christians, right? Scripture says that His Word will not return void. When His Word is preached, there is impact and there is influence. And if you need some kind of excuses to invite your friends to church, I am open to all suggestions, okay? Apparently, our chocolate brother came to church for the first time because of chocolate. Right? So if you need like if you need us to provide free chocolates, sure, just let me know. It's easily arranged. Maybe next week we will buy like what? Free Garrett's popcorn? Her what? What's good? Hershey's, I don't know. Salted egg fish skin. <laughs> what? What is it? I whatever you think of tell me, okay? I'll go buy it, okay? If you need an excuse to to invite people to church, sure, we'll we'll come up with all these. Uh, with all these gimmicks, but you know, get your friends to church to hear the word of God, and I, I'm sure their lives will be impacted. The point is, evangelism cannot be confined to a one-off thing that we do once a year. It is not confined to events, right? As we grow in the Lord, you know, as we know Jesus more and more, we should catch the Father's heart more and more, and, and outreach and evangelism should be a natural outcome and fruit in our lives. And so I want to encourage you this year, would you constantly look for opportunities to make Him known, okay, to fearlessly proclaim the gospel, to, to share about Jesus with boldness and courage, and let's be constantly praying for and looking for opportunities, okay, in our classes, in, in, in our schools, wherever we are placed, that's your harvest field, right? We're called to be salt and light of the world, to let our light shine before men, you know, to make disciples, to be his witnesses. The Bible is very clear um, on all that. And so let's respond in obedience. Romans 1.17. Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. And I pray that this will be our attitude, that we will truly be bold and unashamed. You know, more than just the name of a camp, that we will truly be bold in sharing our faith, in talking about Jesus, in reaching out to our friends. And, and Lao Jen, as a ministry, I want to highlight two harvest fields that we have, okay, particularly. And this is Taiwan Gardens and the Boys Brigade, okay. 
this year, as usual, okay, we will have BB Sunday in March. We will have Loud Fat with the boys um, in October. Okay? Just two events. We have to make use of those opportunities. And I want you to, to, to whenever we have these things, right, don't just see it as, as like an event, a normal, like, oh, this Sunday was the program on BB Sunday, right? But this is an outreach opportunity. You know, as a church, why would we get involved in BB? Is it because we are very free? Absolutely not. It's because we just want to uh, help out with some program. No. We get involved with the Boys Brigade because we want to reach these boys with the gospel. And you know, this is a CCA in school that officially allows Christian education officers, i.e. disciples of Jesus, to be involved in the boys' life, in the boys' like CCA curriculum and whatever. And so, when we have 30, 40, 30, 40 boys, non-Christian boys coming to church, we have to see this as a brilliant opportunity to reach them for Jesus. This year, when we have BB Sunday, we are going to go all out and make friends with the boys. Okay? It's not just an event we're going to attend. Right? We want to reach the boys for Jesus. Same thing with Teban Gardens. Right? Four times a year, we go capping. And I'm praying that, you know, will we ask God to open our spiritual eyes as we go capping? Let's not just see it as a task to be fulfilled or to finish. Because together, as a whole church, we want to reach this community for Jesus. You know, it may start with bringing some pomelos to every house and speaking to them in our broken Chinese or broken Hokkien or whatever. Sometimes it's about manning the bouncy castle, the paddle boats or whatever it is. We just sow the seeds of God's love into this community and we look for opportunities to share the gospel. And you know, because of the years of work that our church has been, has been doing in Teban, that's why we have people like Hong King Lim with us right now, right? We had another boy, Sun Xiang, who accepted Christ during camp, right? It's been years of our church sowing into Teban Gardens, the kids program and all that kind of stuff. And, and we do all that, not because we're just trying to do some charity work, you know? We want to reach hearts with the gospel. We want to bring the presence of Jesus wherever we go. And so, Lao Jen, every time there are opportunities to be in Teban Gardens, to be involved in the work there, or to interact with the BBE, let's not just see it as events or programs, okay? Let's ask God to open our spiritual eyes. We don't organize these things to pass the time. They are outreach opportunities. They are opportunities to make Him known, to make Him known. You know, in Colossians, Paul prays this, right? Um, he prays that he will have a, a, a door for his message, very similar to the Ephesians 6 one. Um, but in verse 5, he says, Be wise in a way you act with out outsiders. And he says, Make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity. And individually, we have to be his witnesses. And Lao Jen, as a group, as a ministry, we must also be his witnesses. And particularly in these two harvest fields that he has assigned us. Right? Every time we have friends come, we have visitors in our midst, we need to remember that we are his witnesses. Can I get the band up? Now, all that is just um, some of the stuff that God has put in my heart um, as I've been praying about Lao Jen for this year. Okay? Uh, 
I hope it wasn't like all over the place. And I know that there's a lot of stuff um, that I said. But, you know, as I said, today's not really meant to be like preaching or, or Bible teaching, but really just sharing my heart and sharing my vision for the year. And, and I think it really can be summed up as this. If I can get the next slide. And I have summed it up like this, right? The goal is to know Him and to make Him known. And in fact, I believe that if we focus on knowing Jesus, on really knowing Him as the treasure of our hearts, as our ultimate passion and our ultimate desire, that it will naturally flow that we will also desire to make Him known. And, and I want to end today um, by reading from Philippians chapter 3. Is what I shared with you just now. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Philippians chapter 3. I just want us to, to just think about what Paul says here. He says, Whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness, surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. I press on in knowing Jesus, in knowing Him with all my life, because Jesus gave His life for me, I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but I haven't reached there yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. No, I don't know how your 2018 was, whether it was a good year or a bad year or a terrible year. But let's forget what is behind. Let's reach forward, look forward to what is ahead. Press on to know Him and to make Him known. We had a great camp last year. We had a pretty good year. But I think there is more in store. And in fact, when I pray, I say, God, there must be more. There must be so much more. Whatever we've seen is not enough. And the day you get content with what you have seen God doing in your life is the day you start to die spiritually. We have to always press in to know Him more. He will never be known fully. He will never be known completely. But we press on every day, every year to know Him more and more. I'm going to ask you all to stand up. And, and maybe we'll just ask the worship team to play that, that song, Reward.
And as they play the song, I, I want you to just come before God personally and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. And let's just ask Him, God, what is it that you want me to do this year? Are there resolutions that I need to make, habits that I need to start forming or put in place, commitments that I need to make, maybe people I need to start praying for, maybe things I need to get rid of because they're hindering my walk with you, areas particularly that I need to grow in. Just ask God to speak to you. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Let's just spend some time alone. Jesus, everything I count is lost. want to open up this time for us to 
respond. You know, um, that last line, it says, my life is not my own. And in the past few months, um, this, this, has, this has been something that God has been speaking to me about, that my life is not my own. Uh, and and there have been some difficult things in, in, in my life. And, and you know, in ministry, there's, there's always disappointment, you know. There's, there's always discouragement here and there. And, and I think God's been speaking to me and, and telling me that my life is not my own. You know, when we, when we signed on, right, we say we are a follower of Jesus, we signed away our lives. We're no longer Lord of our lives. We're no longer the ones in charge. It's not up to us anymore. And being a disciple, being a follower means saying, God, whatever you want, I'll do it. Whatever you want me to do, because you say so, I'll do it. My life is not my own. And I want to open the altar for those of you who seriously want to commit your life, your 2019, to Him. Where you say, God, you know, when you say, God, come and use me, it will probably be, be, be tough. <laughs> it won't be like easy stuff. It will require you stepping out of your comfort zone. But that's the call as his disciples. When Jesus first called his disciples, the Bible says they left everything. And they followed him. They said, Jesus, because you say so, I will do it. And if, if God is speaking to you and you are willing to, to lay it all down, you say, God, my life is not my own. If I have to give up certain things, if I have to, you know, do certain things that I, I don't really want to do, I'll do it anyway, God, because my life is not my own. If spending time in a secret place is going to cost me, maybe it'll cost me my sleep, maybe it'll cost me my, I don't know, my laziness, I'll still do it. If making you known requires me to step out of my comfort zone and pray for my friends or pray for people that I don't really care very much about at this point, I'll still do it. And if that's you and you're willing to say, God, I lay my life before you, I am willing, God, to do whatever you want, to know you, to make you known because Jesus, my life is not my own. I invite you to come up to the altar and make that commitment to God. And it's not going to be ministry time, okay? I'm not going to like, we're not going to like pray for each other, whatever. This is your commitment to God. Your, your only, com your, your alone commitment to God, your personal commitment to God. And if that's you, you're willing to say that. I want to invite you as we continue singing to, to, to come up to the altar and make that commitment to Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus.
to continue um, just in an atmosphere of worship and wherever you are I, I want you to just pray for yourself okay, and commit the new year to Jesus and commit to living a life for Him you know, let's not waste the year away let's ask God to grow us in fruitfulness to grow us in our knowledge of Him in our personal intimacy with Him to grow us in our heart for, for His people for, for His kingdom for souls As the team uh, continues in, and leads us in a time of worship, I change my mind. I'm going to ask leaders to come and pray for you guys in front. Um, if you're a leader in front, it's fine. Just stay here. Um, but yeah, let's let's really commit commit the year ahead into the Lord. Lord. 
glória mais talvez
For those of us not at the front, shall we just stand? We're going to leave the altar open. Um, if any of you still want prayer, you can come forward. Uh, if not, you can leave. Um, but but let's, let's just remain in the atmosphere of worship. Um, and people can, can remain at the altar for as long as you like. Okay, let's pray. God, this year we resolve as a ministry as well as as individuals to really know you and to make you known. God, we say that our lives are not our own. And so Holy Spirit, would you come, have your way in us. We commit our year into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you need to leave, would you leave silently? But we want to remain, uh, leave the altar open.
Just a taste of your goodness And in my heart I know That I'm not letting go That I'm not letting go Just a
nothing is impossible. Who would like to see that tonight? Come on, these three words we're singing, I believe, I believe. It's actually two words. I believe in you, four words. <laughs> it's a very simple sentence, but it's a declaration of our faith tonight that says, God, no matter what I'm going through, I believe in you. I believe you can do all things, that nothing is impossible for you. So can we declare this tonight? Can we declare it? Come on, let's sing it together. I believe.